The Rice and Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook. Download their top-rated app by using promo code RTRS. Brought to you by Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of The Process. Body Bio supplements for a healthier life. Use code RTRS20 for 20% off at bodybio.com. And Stateside Vodka, the home of the Surfside Vodka, Iced Tea and Vodka, right here, and sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter, which comes out Thursday, statesidevodka.com. On the show today, the winning streak ends at 7 as the Sixers fall to the Hornets. We are really into trade season as we are one month away. They were flying today, just reports full of nothing. It was awesome. And now Tobias Harris mentioned in trade talks. Hopefully they didn't watch tonight's game. A small update on the Color Star situation, as I have an update that has not yet been reported. Charlie Brown becomes an official sixer, and the Ricky Bagel will debut soon. Without any further ado, Amos and the chef. Welcome to the Race Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Esco, along with a guy who once again survived Black Monday and has not been fired as an NFL coach yet in his entire career. That is Mike Levin. Annoying game. Bad game. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. They won seven in a row, so it's bound to happen. Charlotte is a good team. They're probably the team other than the Sixers that I've watched the most this year. I like them very much. I love LaMelo. I think he rules. I love how they push the ball after makes. Yeah. I love how they're athletic and they move fast and it's the opposite of the Sixers. But like, I mean, like just an example of, of all of the Sixers weaknesses in, in on full display against a good team. They, the Sixers got three offensive rebounds. The Hornets got seven, even though the Hornets shot way better from the field. The Hornets turned the Sixers over. The Hornets only got seven offensive rebounds. I feel like they got seven on one specific play. Yeah, I agree. That does seem low. Yeah. Uh, at least for ESPN. Uh, they have nine steals. Sixers got three. It, they just, they were lackluster. They were slow. They were so slow. Um, it, w- it was just a, it was an embarrassing performance. Uh, Embiid played very well and not out of his mind. So he can't just like drag these lifeless carcasses to a win over a good team. Man, Tobias. I'm yeah. I'm losing it. I mean, I'm gonna get to Seth because I'm like Seth is my pet little pet project that I that I <laughs> can't stop thinking about. But I'm just like letting Mike cook right now. You have to you have to. You have to yeah. Tobias just especially like he ended up hitting some shots towards the end of the game and, and the seventeen points on fourteen shots, eight rebounds, five assists doesn't look bad, but he played bad. He played bad, missing layups again. It was one of his worst games of the year. It was fucking terrible. He was missing terrible. laps again. Uh, anytime anyone passes in the ball in a late clock situation, they should be fined. 
he can't he can barely get by Mason Plumley, who's like pressuring him half court. He's like, you can't fucking dribble past me. And he's right. Um, he lets guys get rebounds in front of him. He doesn't contest hard. He's so slow in anticipating what's about to happen. He's just so slow at seeing it. It's every single time. Even if it's like like where's the ball gonna carry him off the rim? Every time it's like him like waddling over to consider like maybe maybe I'll make a run at this ball as some just like regular athletic guy, not even like other worlds. I'm talking about like Derek Jones here jumping out of the building, just like Cody Martin, who just like tries and has some quick twitch ability. Tobias has none of that. There's the the one play. Oh my god, the one play that really like crystallized it for me. There was a bunch in this game, but Tobias drives has a wide open Seth, wide open, yeah, ten feet next to him, and he's so fucking slow at recognizing it that it takes him a long time to do it. He finally does it. Hayward tips it out. Gets a fast break, and then both Seth and Tobias fruitlessly chase after him because they're, you know, significantly slower than Gordon Hayward. It is a really, really bad game for Tobias. A really, really frustrating thing. I thought Doc had a bad game as well. He tries to go to the Drummond and Bead lineup, but if you go to the Drummond and Bead lineup, you can't fucking also have Tobias in there. You can't have Tobias in there. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, how do we not? Like, how do we not think about this? Like, how do we not, how is that not something that we all just go like, well, obviously if we can try German and beat, it's a funky thing. The Sixers don't look good. They're not getting loose balls. Maybe we get bigger than them. They were, uh, Hornets were in foul trouble. Maybe we can foul some guys out just inside on stuff. Get to the line. I get that. But you have Tobias in there. You have Tobias in there with Drummond and Embiid. You have just multiple guys that are standing there. Why not have Matisse in there? Why not have friggin' Brian Skinner in there? Just have slow releasing guys that have no ability to like, just make quick decisions and spread the floor. Really, really frustrating. I'll talk about Seth, but you go, you go to say something <laughs> that I said. All right. I'm gonna give you a little break here. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take the other side, not just to be a not just to be devil's advocate, but the one of the first things you said was was bound to happen. This game was bound to happen. They were just they're not good enough to win like 10 straight games or something or like this was just bound to happen. It was a, I know, I know the Hornets only scored a hundred points or whatever. I, I don't know what they finally scored. 102, 104, whatever it was. 109. It was an embarrassing defensive effort. Like I, yeah. I just thought it was, it was a lot worse than the final score was. It seemed like the Hornets had an open shot. Every shot. If LaMelo didn't admittedly, I don't watch him all that much. And maybe he makes some of those. It it would drive me crazy with as good as he is moving with the ball, shooting those like Steph Curry shots that he seemed to miss every time, you know, five feet beyond the line. If he didn't do that, and if there weren't just a bunch of, it seemed like wide open missed shots, it could have been worse. Like it, it, it felt like a game of the Hornets at 130. All that said, like. I agree. And Lamella doesn't normally hit those shots. He was over yeah. eight from three. It's not a, not regular for him. I, I agree with your. With everything that you're saying, except this one didn't bother me. I, the, the Tobias. It, thing, it only bothered me because they. It, it was all of their weaknesses that they. This is what they yeah. do. Like if Embiid missed shots, it wouldn't. It would have been like, well, you know, he's going to have cold nights. But that wasn't what happened. He played still really, really well, and they they lost because of all of the problems that they have. Yeah, and Tobias Harris. It's getting to the point where beating up on him actually does make me feel bad. And I have never been the 
like talking about like you've been the one talking about like him being a culture guy or all that kind of stuff. Never that seems like a reasonably like good guy. I actually feel a little bad beating. He didn't give himself the contract. <laughs> He's just been he is annoying to watch because it's not only the things that he does slow because he's slow. He does like normal stuff slow, almost like a step late. Like lazy is the wrong word, but like even just giving the ball back to Embiid on the perimeter, he throws the pass a step, like a step late and a step always. slow. Always. always. Incredibly like, slow. Every Everything, like, every pass is slow. Yeah. Every decision is slow. Every yeah. The processing speed, Sixers Adam tweeted, is just incredibly slow. And there were times, there's occasionally a game where he decides to get downhill and and doesn't think. But he is, anytime he, he uses that nice brain of his, like he is just, it slows him down so much and it's just painful and it and it clogs everything up and Doc should be fired for just putting him and Drummond and beat on the court at the same time. Just a ridiculous thing. And there's leaks obviously about, oh, Tobias is actually playing hurt and actually he's playing pretty hurt. A couple things, a couple, you've, you've heard tendonitis. What about double tendonitis? He's got them in all. In his arm, both in his in arm. In his arm, both arms, legs, legs are falling off. And it's like, if he's actually hurt, don't play. Please don't play. Sit right. for an extended period of time. I would love for you to sit for an extended period of time. Don't play. If you're hurt, don't play. If this is what it looks like when you're hurt, you don't get credit for like going out there. This isn't the MJ flu game, bro. Like, don't play. Sit down, collect your money, rehab. Think about your what think about what you do here. Think, think about your role here and get healthy. Because if this is if this is like if if it's a real excuse, which whatever, everybody's hurt. It's a fucking it's professional sports. Everybody's hurt at this point in the in the year. Tendonitis, whatever the fuck. Then like then I don't want you playing. If you're really hurt, I don't want you playing. You shouldn't be playing. Think about, look, Tobias, this is a message from me to you. There's another guy on this team. There's nothing wrong with him at all. He hasn't played one game just because he doesn't feel like it. You can take a couple of games off, especially if your arm hurts. You could take a couple of games off. All right. Do you want to do Seth? Yeah, let's go to Seth. Like, man, when he's not getting squished like a bug on every possession – Sure, he can hit some shots. He can he can hit some. He got a nice touch in there. But every other possession, he just gets sort of stomped on like a little guy. He can't do anything. He's getting roasted by Terry Rozier. Opposing players shoot a billion percent over his little finger contest that he just kind of waves in their face. He's never contested a shot hard. He can't do it. They they laugh at him. He's so slow. So many of his passes get stolen. They just swallow him up. He's like five. I'm. He might be five foot three. Like he might. He might be shrinking before my very eyes. I. It is. It is so frustrating watching watching that guy play. It's so frustrating watching that because he, he's an incredible shooter. Obviously, we know incredible shooter does so many things well. Carries the offense a lot of the time because there's so so few other guys that can do that. But when when he plays against a team with athletes that are engaged, he can't get anywhere. He can't. He simply can't get anywhere at all. And the Hornets are not a good defensive team. Notorious, they're not a good defensive team. And he just can't do jack shit. He's slow, slow making decisions, slow deciding to shoot. Can't. I mean, can't get around a screen at all. Dies every single time. Like dies on multiple multiple times per possession. He's dying on screens. He like he he catches up. He dies. Embiid gets over there. Seth comes back. He dies again. Like it's unbelievable. I don't know how he can keep respawning. With how often he just keeps dying out there, it is it's really it's really bleak. 
It is bleak watching this many <laughs> slow players out there on this one team. And we can talk about Charlie Brown Jr. in a second, but like the times that he, Charlie Brown Jr. has been in the game over the last couple of weeks has just been a revelation simply because he has NBA athleticism. And there's, as far as wing players go, one other player that has NBA athleticism on this team. And now, and Charlie Brown is like a godsend because he can like jump up for a rebound and like make a cut and like somehow, finish. Somehow their slowness makes each other look slower. You know, like Yang, who I already have made a case for that he's too slow to play in the playoffs. They all are. The whole team shouldn't play in the playoffs yeah. if, he's, if he's too slow to play in the playoffs. They shouldn't even be allowed entry. There should be like a, a, a guard at the gate not allowing them in. Um. All right. Let me <laughs> take a quick quick respite here. Um, a product from Body Bio that we just started talking about that you don't know about yet. You talked. To, I talked about Eli, talked about the vitamin C, butyrate, B-U-T-Y-R-A-T-E. This is from Body Bio, our sponsor Body Bio. We love Body Bio, family-owned, family-operated supplement company, legit great place, butyrate, B-U-T-Y-R-A-T-E. Your body makes it naturally, but your body doesn't make enough of it. If you're going to take one gut supplement, it's butyrate. You're taking your probiotics, all that kind of shit. Take butyrate. Completely safe. You pop a couple after each meal. Here's how you're going to feel different. This like bloat that you have, that maybe you notice it, you might not even notice how often you have it. It's going to go away. You're even going to notice like the your stomach is not going to be as protruded because all that's going to go away. That bloat is going to be gone. You're going to be more regular. And if you have healthy gut health and, and, and brain health, those are the two things that are so important. And butyrate, which is a postbiotic. You've never even heard of that before. Because nobody's being straight with you. Butyrate, which is a postbiotic, is going to be the gut supplement that really makes a difference for you. Um, just try it. If you just try it and don't feel a difference, send me an email, but I guarantee you feel a difference. B-U-T-Y-R-A-T-E, butyrate. Go to bodybio.com, use promo code RTRS20, you get 20% off anything. So you get butyrate, you get Eli, anything in the store. RTRS20, bodybio.com. Get the, uh, if you're going to pick one of them and you don't know which one, get the, the butyrate, the sodium butyrate. That's the one to get. I'm telling you, this is an important part of your health. Totally safe, totally natural. It, your body makes it. Butyrate. Bodybio.com, RTRS20. Uh, it was nice to see Maxi back on the floor. Um, he had sort of an uneven game, I thought, but it's been a little while. It's nice to see him, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I... <laughs> I'm trying. I'm no, I, I mean, he had two straight pull-up threes in the first quarter, 10 yep. in the first quarter. That was awesome. And then, like, I don't recall him really touching the ball the rest of the game. It seemed like Doc was like, you're going a little too fast, son. You should slow down. Please honor the speed limit on this team, which is <laughs> school zone in a fucking snow storm. He just, like, it, it was just him deferring a lot and him just, like, slowly trying to get the ball to Tobias from like 25 feet out. Tobias is like sealing a guy from 25 feet out and is like, give me the ball. And we're like slowly getting it there. And then it's him slowly trying to get it to Embiid. It's very frustrating. I just honestly, games like that, when they look so slow, I would just rather them put Maxi, only shooters that stand there and Embiid and just like let Maxi do everything. And when Embiid's not in there, then Drummond and Drummond can just keep setting screens. And just let Maxi do everything because the team 
against a good team that is trying, that has athleticism, they don't have enough guys that can get by anyone. And I thought the Hornets were double teaming Embiid impressively. That was it. Like, mm-hmm. I thought it was a pretty rough Embiid distributing game. He obviously had a ton of impressive shots. Anytime he has like a sidestep three, end of clock, when they go in, it feels like he's a superhero. Embiid, he's just, the stuff he does is incredible. And they also, there were some like weak offensive foul calls on him, but that's because of how Charlotte was double teaming him. And that was like part of James Rego's game plan. Um, but he turned the ball over a lot. He wasn't passing guys open or getting the ball out quick. And this just felt like a game where he felt like, wait, I'm not, I've been dominating lately. I can keep doing this. And then he like stopped using his teammates much. There were guys that were open. He didn't really find them. It was, it was rough. And so, I mean, he got his 38 games in a row with 30 points is incredible. He, that's just like par for the course at this point. But I would like to games when they get stuck in the mud, when they are having success, double teaming Embiid would love to get him some easy buckets. Would love to get Maxi on the move. And it seemed like doc once again, just defers to his vets too much Tobias, Seth. Just like way too much, way too much. And if Drummond's in there, man, if Drummond's in there against small ball Hornets lineups, if we're playing a a, a traditional center that does not stretch the floor, that is better at defending the perimeter than we gave him credit for before the season, but still not not his strength. If he's going to be in there, punish a mismatch down low. Get the ball and dunk on somebody. And he had one really nice play, Drummond did. But he has such bad touch he around the rim. He sucks. over four from the foul line is just brutal. It's just that just stabbed you in the gut when you make like, hey, our backup made a really nice play. And then he went over four from the line. That's just really, it's a tough combination. I think I, I get why Doc went big, but the Hornets went small as they went big. Why, why so didn't Isaiah they, Joe get into the game until the second half? I have no idea. Yeah. And and when he wasn't when he was in there, they didn't like really let him shoot. But like Isaiah Joe should have been in there in the two big lineup. It's like at least fine. He's gonna have he'll stretch the floor and, and shoot from you know twenty eight feet out. But Sixers going double big when the Hornets go small while they're down like ten. It's like you're down two scores in the first fourth quarter in football and you're trying to establish the run. Like let's establish it. It's time to time to grind this game and like let the clock run out. And it was just like, it was just really everything. This was the slowest game they played in a long time. Danny was slow as hell. He attacked a closeout and then had, had a wide open dunk, but went up soft and then got demolished at the rim and landed on his hip and died. And it's just like, there's too many fucking slow moving human beings on this team. And the Hornets are just like way faster, way more athletic. That is what's going to happen in the playoffs. Like if this team as constructed goes into the playoffs, I, unless Embiid scores 40 a night, which he might, I have a hard time seeing them like breaking 75. Maybe it'll of be one of those things like, like a fucking knuckleball that it'll just be so slow. I think, yes. I think team. a knuckleball from time to time helps, but if everyone's <laughs> throwing knuckleballs out there, then eventually they're going to adjust. Eventually they're going to, you know, it starts to look the same speed. It has little effect. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if everyone's just throwing change-ups all the time, that becomes your fastball. Your fastball is just 78 miles an hour. Six is Charlie Huff out there. 60-year-old knuckleball throw. It's really bad. It's really very – it was a very frustrating game. And and Embiid played so – has been playing so well lately. And we can pivot to the to the Ben stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get at it. But like, it just – 
it, we don't we don't deserve this and b doesn't deserve this and something ha has to change it will please the the uh before we get to the Apple Podcast five-star review, which we're at 3,039, is brought to you by Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. Get yourself these uh, Stateside Surfside iced tea and vodkas now available at statesidevodka.com. They're fucking They're awesome. They're delightful. Yes. Really just I've so had, good. I've had so many of them. As good as the vodka sodas are, the, the, the iced tea and vodka is so good. It, it's not carbonated. It is just just sweet enough and only a hundred calories where their competitors are like 200. And I think I saw them, they're going to be a total wine in Delaware now. So it used to just be on the website, but statesidevodka.com. Um, before I get to the Apple podcast one, there are Spotify ratings now, no reviews, but ratings We're at I think 162. So when we get to a thousand five-star ratings on Spotify, Mike's going to get a tattoo of CJ having a tattoo of the Mike Scott B. So that's absolutely happen. not. That'll not a chance in hell. I do not. I do not. The, the reviews do nothing for me. I change my behavior in zero way because of the reviews. The Apple Podcast five star review. This is from Paul's B Baller. Says happy four thousand. Just finished watching every second of the three thousand review special while watching the Sixers lose 98, 96 to the Hawks and playing two K franchise mode. As you'll be reading this in June twenty twenty four, it is crazy for me to think that I'll be about to start my sophomore year of college then. I hope you'll be enjoying covering the Vince Carter coach Sixers, loving every minute, played by 10th man Chance Westry. While I'm confident the Sixers will be searching for a title by the time you read this, I hope the Hornets winning this year's 2024 finals doesn't discourage you too much. Good luck on the rest of your journey. Who is Chance Westry? I figured you would know who that was. No, I Oh, uh, I thought it was maybe it was a, uh, a college player or something, or a high school player. Um uh, before we get to the trade stuff, a quick uh, update on the color star situation. Uh, Lucas Capetian has made a new LinkedIn profile with a properly written bio. And what he's not lock like us a, anymore. What's that? He's not lock us Capetian anymore. N no, it is completely fixed, and I am linked with him. I did send him a message. Well, the U, the U, and the A on the keyboard is so, so close together. Very close. They're right. They're basically next to each other. They may, they're basically one letter at this point. The other thing I have for you is I can tell you at this point, it is my understanding that the Sixers have paused their partnership <laughs> with Color Star Technology it's good to as, they, as they uh, investigate more as to what is going on. So there will not be any, you will not be seeing any activation of their partnership with Color Star as their partnership is currently paused with Color Star Technology. Very important to use that pause button. Very important to investigate. Very important to really <laughs> take stock of things. Yep. Tobias Harris running the investigation here, looking, surveying the court, really having to like take it all in. Looking, looking around. forward to the results of the investigation. Um, yeah, I, bet. I don't know if you saw today. Dan McQuaid from Defector posted that their website is updated, but Dan had noticed that what they did was they copied their website directly from Live Nation. They used the same like literally copied it and forgot to change some of the things. So there are things on their website that talk about Live Nation. Great. <laughs> Professional organization. <laughs> All right. So trade deadline is February 10th, and there is a flurry of news. It started with 
The Sixer earlier this week, couple days. I don't even know who reported what rumor. I'm sorry. I'll just give credit to everybody. Sam Sam Amick. Sam Amick, Mark Stein, Woj. Everybody's reporting everything. That the the Sixers were trying to include Tobias Harris in a deal, and they had which which I don't believe. Not that I don't believe they're not trying to trade him, but the idea that the Sixers are are sorry. I don't believe that the Sixers are like leaking that. I don't believe that Daryl's like, hey, we want people to know that we're trying to trade 70 plus million in salary in one trade. I just think that's a that is other teams trying to make the Sixers look bad and make them look ridiculous. Hmm. There's just so few deals out there that would be able to accomplish both money wise, Ben right. and Tobias. It's hmm. just it's hard to fathom what would happen. Well, whatever it is, I'm sure they would love to include him. Um, that is the, the rep- I'm, I'm, I'm sure they would have no trouble including him in the right deal. So that, that comes out first. And then there's just more of the John Collins stuff. John Collins, not, not thrilled with how they're using him, whatever the fuck that means. They're mo- using yeah. him perfectly. And then also r- sort of looped into that is the idea of using potential space created to acquire James Harden this off season. Yeah. I think Kyle Newbeck had a good, rundown of all this where it's like you don't do like a speculative trade-off of assets during a season with the idea that like we hope in the offseason we can get this guy unless they you know can, you, but you can do that in the offseason then right well maybe you can do that trade in the in the offseason probably way significantly easier than during a season maybe because you're not getting hardened during this season well unless it's unless it the, the contracts are expiring and you can't do it in the offseason yeah, but it's easy to get. It's it's easier to get out of money than if you need it. If if, Not if Harden is that. if Harden is right now saying like I'm coming yeah. next year, yeah, which I'm I'm hesitant to believe that there's any level of certainty about that. I, I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm not saying that there's that a lot of smoke. Can I yeah. tell you? But I but I I really don't think during a season Daryl is getting word from Harden like, hey, I'm coming. Create room for me like ahead of time, and Daryl will be like, cool, yeah, we can do that. Well, the worst case scenario is you don't have Tobias Harris anymore or his contract. For sure. But the, yeah, I'm not, look, I'm not obviously not defending yeah. the idea of like trading Tobias for, for literally anything. If, if you trade, if they, if, well, in this case, nothing, basically. If, if, if we're saying that this is expiring to create room, then they'd be literally trading him for nothing. You know? Sure. But there, but we still have half a season to play. And so there'd be something to be here. And, Expect, and there's like, there's cap ramifications of that. Like, do they could they even afford to give Harden as much money as they need to under the cap? It takes. I I just don't think that that is. I don't think it's legitimate. I think yes is on a board. Is Daryl like trying to think about Harden for this off season and going from there? Absolutely. But I don't think there's something that happening this during this season to go to like hurt our chance, hurt Embiid's chances at whatever, you know, acquiring somebody else to help him right now just at the potential possibility of Harden coming. Of course. In free agency. Wait a minute. Hold on. Time out. Time out. Time out. If they could snap their fingers right now. I just don't think that. I understand that. If, if, if they could snap their fingers, for sure. But they, it's, it's but the, the idea could, of like, hey, let's tank this season and now, give away picks to get out of Tobias, probably. But, but that's not... All I'm saying is, if they could snap their fingers and have Tobias Harris disappear, that's it. They get nothing back and have him disappear. He disappeared. 
they would say yes. Um, it would, would absolutely. Say I don't yes. know. I I don't know that they would. I would. I don't know that they would. I don't. I don't, I don't know the ramifications of you know making some make, sending someone in a portal portal to space. <laughs> Uh, would have on the rest of the league and other teams looking at that being like, man, they were they did them they did them dirty and like that would make players want to come here less. I don't know the answer to that. I would do it, but I don't think that they. I don't. I don't know for sure that they would. And I think that you're gonna have to attach if it's just Tobias. I think you're gonna have to attach stuff to get off of him. And well, so unless... if you attach stuff to get off of him, then you are you have less assets to move in a Simmons plus whatever for a better player deal. And I think that's just a speculative thing. I think you can get off of Tobias in the summer. Like, I think if, if Harden wants to come here, you can do it then. I don't think it's a, um, it's a thing you would preempt during a season when Embiid is playing this well. Hmm. Okay. But Tobias Harris isn't good. Like, like he's not helping them win. Like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand what you're... I guess I'm confused as to what you're objecting to here. I'm objecting to the idea that you would have to you have to put other things onto Tobias to get rid of him, and if you trade him for like walking courses, that with the idea of like, hey, maybe we get Harden, that to me is the kind of thing that the, as Kyle noted in his piece, something that the Kings and Knicks would have done in the past of like just clearing contract because we're going to get somebody and then like nobody comes. Except- and if the, if you can make him disappear, then that's fine. But I think what what I'm saying is. If you're trading assets with Tobias to make him disappear, then that leaves your cupboard pretty bare to move Ben and whatever for Mm. the star that you actually want if Harden doesn't come. Okay. We'll get to the Woj report about um, Rich Paul, who was in town today for a specific uh, reason in one second. Uh, before that, I want to talk about our uh, our sponsor, Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. I always love reading emails about Cornblow. This came from Dave. Been meaning to give Cornblow a plug. He helped me out with a case involving a major cell phone company whose employee hacked my phone and compromised my bank accounts. He got back to me within minutes of my email, walked me through the legal grounds I had. I wound up recouping all of the money, which at first seemed impossible. So everything that you guys say about Adam is true. He took time out of his busy schedule to help me and even checked up on the case a few weeks later. So Cornblow and Cornblow is the official law firm of the process. Typically personal injury, but uh, we'll do anything that you really need. If you need any sort of lawyer, Cornblow is is your guy. Not just not the personal injury law firms you see advertising on billboards or radio commercials. They're they're mostly you know I'm not bad talking bad about them, but they're mostly. Uh, just referral services. Cornblow is actually, you're going to get a Cornblow. Some of the biggest medical malpractice suits in the area. Law firm's been around for four decades, started by his parents, runs it with his mom now, Corn- has a true passion for it and somebody that you can trust. If you've been hurt in any way, at work, slip and fall, car accident, um, what else? You could just you could be hurt in any sort of way, and you think somebody else might be at fault. You call Cornblow. It doesn't cost you anything, zero, or you email them. You don't like calling anybody. Two one five five seven six seventy two hundred. Ask for Adam, or email Cornblow at Cornblow and Cornblow dot com. Cornblow K O R N B L A U. I spelled it for you. That kind of mood. Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. Um, so the final report, Woj writes today that Rich Paul was in town, had a meal with the Sixers, and everybody feels exactly the same way that they felt. 
Ben is no closer to coming back. Though, if he were traded, no closer to coming back because of his mental issue. But if he were traded, he would be able to play within two weeks of physically ramping up. Fun meal. I, there was a conversation for three minutes, and then probably they just <laughs> talked about like TV shows they're watching for the next like hour and a half. Each um, texted Woj. And then also in the report, just uh, the, the report says he's not coming back. They're not going to trade him unless it's for a you know a difference maker player. And also um, that there are and was this in Sam Amick's article that that other teams obviously this is you know all public negotiating, but teams are wary of trading for Simmons because they don't know you know what they're getting. The contract itself, which Daryl I'm sure is telling everybody, it is an advantage. They are publicly saying that it is not an advantage. Yeah, I mean you can you can read into a contract or whatever. If he was expiring, yeah. people would be like, we're not going to take him. And he's yeah. got a bunch of years left on. It's like, well, we, maybe we won't take him for that. It's like, it's it's a, you can spin it however you want to spin it. I think your point, like, look, I think journalists and people have s- somewhat admirably been delicate about like the mental health issue because it's very clear that like with whatever stuff's going on with his family and how, how he melted down in that series, like, and and the way he approaches shooting and free throws and all stuff, like objectively, like from the outside, which you can't make it this case, but from the outside, it looks like there's something going on. Like he probably should work on some things, but it's also very clear in every piece of reporting and how it was like from, you know, the beginning to then like they grabbed the mental health issue and said like, now we're using this. Like he doesn't want to play for the Sixers anymore. He will play for another team. Yeah. He doesn't want to play for the Sixers anymore. And whether the Sixers are a harmful workplace for him uh, mentally, like that, I, I guess you can, that's something that you buy. Like if I, if I didn't want to go to the show that I was on anymore, I'd be like, yeah, I don't want to go to this show anymore. I'd go work on other shows, but I don't want to work on this show anymore. He, it's, like, he, it's fair to mention he did make it a, like part of why he. he yes, they, they claimed yeah. that for like whatever legal contractual. Yeah. Uh, collective bargaining agreement type reasons that allow him to to pull from that and that's like that's just like a philosophical issue is really not wanting to go to one specific worst workplace but being willing to go to any other specific workplace and just like suit up in a week and a half is that a mental health issue i mean like probably if we're thinking of a of a broader definition of it but like he doesn't play here anymore he doesn't play anymore he's not out in some place in wherever in Philadelphia, California, whoever, wherever he is, he's not like working on himself mentally to come back for the Sixers. He's never going to play for the Sixers again. It's very clear that that's not happening. The Sixers keep claiming that they want that, but I, I can't imagine the Sixers think that he's going to ever play for the Sixers again. And so we're just like sit here being like, yeah, we're stuck in stalemate. Ben is one player. He's his agent is using whatever methods possible to keep trying to get him paid there's been conflicting reports of whether he is getting paid or he is getting fined or he isn't getting he is recouping that money or he isn't or he will like it's very vague well he's not getting fined anymore but in the Woj report it said that they are yeah oh really yeah i did not see one one thing i noted and i asked uh the paywall about this because i remember reading an article on real gm and i did go back and read it that he can't recoup this money but what the story actually is, is that the only team that he can that can recoup the money for him is the Sixers. So if he gets traded, the new team can't give him the money, but the Sixers can. So theoretically, 
right before he gets traded, if it's like a condition of the trade, the Sixers can give him all the money back. Yeah. They're giving him the money back. I would bet any – that's why it's been so quiet because he knows he's getting the money back. And that's weird. To me, that's yeah. weird. To me, yeah. it's weird. Like he can decide, hey, I don't want to go to that workplace anymore. He, he is well within his rights to do that as a human being. I mean, like, I don't want to go there to trade me. But you can also say, hey, I'm not doing the job. I'm also, you have to pay me for not doing the job. Like, that's just weird to me. That is a weird thing. I'm, I, I always side with the players. He should be, if he, if he doesn't, if he wants to go somewhere else, he should be allowed to go somewhere else. But you can't do both. Like, it just, that's not how the world works. Like, getting paid an exorbitant amount of money to not do your job is weird, is weird for me. If if they want you to do that, then great. John Wall, stay home. We'll keep paying you. But like one, they want you there. You're saying I'm not coming in. Fine. But there's got to be some like buyout agreement in the middle or something. I don't know. I don't care. He can make money. I don't. It's not my money. Take Josh Harris's money. I don't give a fuck. But like, it's just weird. You're not doing your job. You probably shouldn't be getting tens of millions of dollars <laughs> to do. It's nothing. just been. It's yeah. So stalemate, nothing's changed. Dame is having surgery and is out for like two months. Yeah. Maybe they shut him down for the year. Portland is bad. Washington is slipping. So maybe Beal becomes available. Maybe Harden's the guy. There's just like, we keep going back and forth. Who's the guy? And it's like, I think, I, I think at this point, what I really want, even if a guy doesn't become available at the deadline that you really think is the guy, I think we are at the place where it's like, we need to we need to make a trade before the deadline. Embiid is too good. You make a trade with the idea that you will trade some pieces that you get and some pieces that are already here for the guy in the summer when there's more time and people are not in the middle of the season. And we just have to do it. It's well, Embiid deserves it. There has to be some if there has to be some like middle ground trade. Like, hey, we got whether it's Halliburton or, or somebody like that, whatever. Yeah, you do it. You go get the guys. I don't think I don't want to I don't want to like live in a world where the trade deadline passes and, and Ben's still, still here and we and we do the like, well, do you want to play now? Like we can't trade each other summer. You want to miss the whole season? And we play like a game of chicken about that. Or he decides to show up in March and just says, like, fuck you, like I'm here and just gets kicked out of more practices and stuff. It's it's just not can good. Can we make can we make a can we say if if he doesn't get traded at the deadline, we do our deadline pod and we're you know miserable and you're in the dark and I'm you know halfway through I do some weird long rant about going to work, but after that if he doesn't get traded, can we just not talk about him until the season's over at all? I mean, can we make that commitment or no? Because if there's some, sto- stories of, yeah, about them about doing the, the him playing again, or maybe not playing, or he just he'll just play for the playoffs. Like what the fuck? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. I really don't know. It's been a tough time. He, tough I ET. can't stand him. I, I can't stand him. I can't stand him because, you know, like he's been such a piece of shit about this that. It's not even fun. Like there's there's no joy in like it's just a miserable situation. And he caused so much of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean I, it's just like he I can't it's weird because he hasn't been it. around. He's yeah. just been he hasn't like spoken 
publicly in seven months more. And so it's just like, we're getting whatever rich Paul is leaking to people or other people are leaking about it or whatever. And you just hang out. And it's just very bizarre to me because I really have nothing against him as a person, human being. Obviously we have some had some small relationship for a time, but it's like, you really want to waste a year of your prime. Like you only get to play basketball for like, let's say max, let's they say non LeBron division, like, 16 years professionally and you're just gonna like throw one away because you like well don't want to you know, like don't like your coach who likes their coach but i i don't think that that's where this is where the whole now it's pat like i'm not saying he should have i'm just saying like overall yeah. like i'm not saying he should be like i should play now like that's past i'm not saying that but it's just it seemed like overall like it's but very I, bizarre to me that he would do that. Like they like presumably NBA players like playing basketball and like to get paid to play basketball and like to, you know, be seen playing basketball. And that's how they identify. But over the year that this, if he doesn't play in the, at the if they don't train him at the deadline, he will go a year just sitting around playing. healthily yeah. sitting around. But I don't think and he already missed his rookie year, his first year in, in the league because he's not around because he had an injury. I don't. I don't think odd. this is stubbornness, and I don't think it's. I don't want to. It's definitely I, stubbornness. A part no, of stubbornness. No, from but, his point from Rich. Every all all parties are no, stubborn at this point. I, I disagree. I think he is. He is like. You ever get a message? Somebody calls you and leaves a voicemail that you don't want to listen. You get a letter in the mail. It's a bill that you don't want to open, and you let it sit there for so long, even though you know it's something bad, because you don't want to deal with it what's going on with Ben Simmons here? And I'm not saying there's like this saying that the mental, there's a mental issue. Like there's a, a sort of blurry line. There's a lot about the human condition that is like tough. That is hard. There are hard things. And there's a difference between like it's, and the line is blurry, but there's a difference between suffering from depression and anxiety and like the human condition, which is sometimes hard coming back to the Sixers is too hard for him. He does not have it in him. He is terrified. The, the, his fear of failure, and I use fear of failure because that's the phrase, for lack of a better word, not saying he's scared or whatever. It prevented him from getting better for years because he was so concerned with showing a part of him that like was failing. Like That is part of what why he he did what he did. And while the people who celebrated with him are like, he's just so smart about basketball, he won't take shots that he's going to miss. It's like, well, that's not really how it works because you miss half your shots even when you're really, really good. He So his inability to fail in front of people prevented him from getting better. And it built and built and built and built until it exploded. And now he can't face it. And to him, in his head... Philadelphia, this place is where that exists. And, and he can't do it here. And what I've kept saying is that what he doesn't understand is that wherever he goes, this is going to follow him. And I don't think he's dealing with that right now. And I think what would be best for him is to just fucking crush it here. Just come here for a month and play and get it over with and let everyone boo the shit out of you But at, at away games, but he doesn't have it in him. And I don't think that he's like, 
you know, Anthony Davis was just like, I ain't playing here anymore. Or James Harden was like, I ain't playing here anymore. Those were superstar vets that were confident enough to say, fuck this place. I'm better than this. That's, I don't think that's what this guy is doing. I think this guy cannot handle this. I just don't think he can handle it. And I don't think he knows what to do. And it comes off as sort of like aloof and smug because that's how he is. Like that's his, his way. Even when he's not being that way, his just way is aloof. And I think we maybe project that a little bit. I just don't think he has it in him. I don't think he, I don't, I don't think he can. I don't think he can do it. I, want, I wonder, I think that like had you gone to, I don't know about him or his camp or whatever mm-hmm. in – july and said like here's the reality you're not going to play this year if you make this trade demand you're not going to play the whole year i wonder if they would have gone like i think that they that they thought we can bully the sixers into trading us mm-hmm. we can we can tell them like i want to trade he's ben simmons he's been celebrated and good all of his life someone's going to want him he's in his prime or getting into his prime whatever like someone's going to trade for me. They'll trade me. They'll tra- I'm bet. Obviously, even if they don't get like perfect return, they'll get something for me because something is better than nothing. Uh-huh. And I think most teams would have done that. I just think Daryl has been doing this too long and has come up short too many times to where he's just not willing to lose what is probably his best chance to get the proper running mate for Joel Embiid. And so it just snowballed. Like, I, I don't think that in August, he was like, I'm not playing for the whole year. I don't care. I think he's probably like, no, they should trade me. Like, they should trade me. And then it just kept coming. And then he, like, came to practice. He showed up. And then, like, he was his heart wasn't in it. And he's like, all right, well, they'll trade me now. Like, I think every step of the way, he's thought that they were going to trade him. That's my, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm just purely speculating. Yeah, I don't think he ever thought he was going to have to make this decision. That's my, that's my thinking yeah. also. And I still think he probably thinks, like, well, they'll probably trade me at the deadline. But I don't know. I have no idea. He hasn't been public. He hasn't talked. Rich Paul hasn't like actually had like a sit down interview or something. I don't know if that'd be possible. Like would it be probably weird if they keep him at the deadline or maybe before the deadline, they would say they were like a Malika Andrews interview with Rich Paul or something where they talk about this possibility. That'd be weird. I don't know. This is a situation that people don't know about. It hasn't happened before where a guy with this many, with this young, this many years of his contract left healthy, just doesn't show up and he doesn't have, he doesn't have the, he can have the power to not show up, but he doesn't have the power to just like, forced Daryl to trade him and he's yep. learned that yeah. and it's just been a really weird un- unpleasant situation where we keep getting non-update updates from the same like five reporters that are like gleefully accepting whatever leak they are fed <laughs> and it's just like we're still in this fucking shit we're still in this shit and it's just gone wrong for everybody and nobody's happy speaking of it's gone wrong for everybody nobody's happy um that has not happened with the Eagles this year I'm going to ask you to pick Mike on DraftKings right now, before we get to the mailbag, the Eagles are plus eight and a half, plus 290 on the money line, plus eight and a half. Looks like there's going to be bad weather in Tampa. Mm, Tampa Bay. What do you think? How bad weather? What's your pick? It's 70, 70% chance of rain. Looks like rain and wind in the beginning of the game. And then uh, as the game evolves, the rain settles down a little bit. But, mm. you know, that sort of game maybe favors the running game team. Sure. You know? I don't know. It, things are weird in Tampa, and it's hard to win two in a row. And Tampa. Tom, sorry. And Tampa, <laughs> Tampa himself is old. Like, I don't he care. Is. He's fucking he old. 
Yes. It doesn't matter. At some point, he's going to get. He's been. I mean, he's been old for a while, but sometimes mm-hmm. he's going to. He's finally going to look old. I don't know. The Eagles aren't that good. They haven't beaten anybody good, but they've t- taken care of business when they had to. Uh huh. If they run the ball, if they get a lead early and they can keep running, if they a couple lucky picks here and there, I, I think it's possible. The vibes are bad in Tampa right now, especially <laughs> offensively. So, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. I, I I feel like no matter what my prediction is, it's going to be wrong. So I'm just yeah. going to enjoy myself. Okay, good. The NFL playoffs are here. DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NFL. Huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers get 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game. There you go. So if you're a new customer, you bet 5 bucks, you win 280 bucks in free bets if your team wins. So if it's your first game, it's wildcard weekend, 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team. If you don't have DraftKings in your state, that's okay. Huge cash prizes in DraftKings Daily Fantasy. So they got betting for the legal markets, which is New York legal market now. Betting for the legal markets and uh, Daily Fantasy for the non-legal markets. Free shot at millions of bucks in total prizes with your first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code RTRS. Get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just 5 bucks to win 280 in free bets if your team wins. It's promo code RTRS this wildcard weekend DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. New customers only. $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, a quick update about the Ricky Bagel from Kismet Bagels in Philly. Jacob and Alexandra who started their their small business, which has exploded in Philly. We will debut the Ricky Bagel, as you have proclaimed, Mike. It will be the Ricky Sanchez Bagel when they're brook- Unless brick Unless they don't want it to be. I'm no, not, they do. Again. They're in. They're in. Jacob's, okay. Jacob's in. They're opening up a brick and mortar in March. They want to have it at the brick and mortar in March. We've taken all the suggestions after you insisted that it is named after us. It's not like the Hollis Thompson bagel, whatever. It will be. I the- didn't. I wasn't. That wasn't. That didn't come from Hubis. That came from yes. Uh, defending the integrity of whatever we're calling this thing. Absolutely. So I'm a slave to logic. He's. So. We we had a bunch of good suggestions. I sent them to him. He's working on the perfect recipe. We want the the bagel to be awesome. And it will be available at the brick and mortar store in March. So we'll have the the recipe in the coming weeks. Also, Mike, I was thinking at the place when they sell the Ricky Sanchez bagel, if if you get a sandwich out of it, it could be the rights to Ricky Sandwich. Sure. It could be there the rights go. to Ricky Sandwich. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. I think so, somebody pitched that. I think somebody t- tweeted that at us. So whoever did that, consider yourself having gotten credit for that. Arthur says, for the right Streaky Sanchez bagel, you don't actually get a bagel. You get a picture of a bagel in Puerto Rico that you can trade in for an actual bagel. I also like that. <laughs> it's funny. That, that'd the be hardest, fine with me. The hardest stomach YouTube comment of the week, you can watch our, our shows always on YouTube, live on YouTube, which comes from Rashid Frazier, who, say, who says, funny how Doc is only the coach when the team loses. I Sorry, feel like I, I I feel like I try to give Doc credit when they when he makes good decisions. I feel like you most, prevent me from doing that sometimes. Most not coaches, prevent me, but you you don't. You're you're always you're constantly anti Doc, whereas I try to give him credit when he is when he does something that I that I think he deserves credit for. 
I'm anti-pro-doc. I'm actually anti-discuss the coach. I don't think coaches do anything. Um, I'm not anti-doc. I was anti the the thought that doc was like the championship coach that they needed and going to bring accountability and all that kind of horseshit. I just think he's checked out and wants to wants to leave fucking phony but i don't think he makes them lose or makes them worse sometimes he does sometimes he makes bad decisions and insists on things like like tangibly today he decides who goes in the game and he decided wrong a lot Mm -hmm. in in big moments sometimes so i don't mind trying shit out but there's just no world where Embiid, Drummond, and Tobias Harris should be on the court together at the same time. And so he deserves blame for that when he makes those bad decisions. A couple mailbag questions before we get out of here. Writes Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. Send us a basketball and a non-basketball question. I say that so I get a choice because not everybody's question is always good. Mike, this is for you. comes from Corey. Is it alarming that down almost every ball handler on the roster, the Sixers have not put Jaden Springer in the game? No, he's been hurt. He's been hurt oh, in COVID. Has he? Yeah, he had COVID. He had COVID he for the whole season. No, he was in Delaware, and then when they were down, he's been he was down for like the Christmas into New Year's type of thing. Hmm. Seems like we've we haven't seen him like at all though, and they've been. He's been there a couple times. Yeah. He he played in mop up duty one time. There uh, you go. A couple blocks. Corey, eat shit. You're totally wrong. Uh, this comes from Rodrigo. I've been arguing about this with a friend for a while now. Would like to know your opinion. In an Olympic-style 100 meters dash race between Tobias, Seth, Danny, and Yang, who comes in first, second, third, and fourth? Okay, Danny, Seth, Tobias, and George Niang. Mm-hmm. 50? Is that what you said? 100-meter dash. 100-meter dash. Oh, that's a really close one. I think long, long version, I think Tobias would pick up steam and probably win. Yeah, I think so. He's in the best shape. Of, well, Danny's in really good shape. He just runs really slow. No, Danny's I think not winning that. Tobias, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying Danny's Danny's not in bad shape. Like Danny's, Danny's not taking fat. a nap midway through that race. Danny's chiseled, but he can't run. Tobias has long legs. Tobias wins it. Tobias is I think to I think I'd probably go... Tobias, and I'll probably go Niang just because he is the most competitive one out there. Right. He'll talk shit at the end of the race. Tobias, Niang, Korkmaz, Seth, Danny. Korkmaz is not even in it, but um, Korkmaz comes it? out of nowhere. No. <laughs> Tobias, Seth, Danny, Niang. Well, Korkmaz is just as slow as all those guys. Korkmaz comes out of nowhere. Everybody's like, you're not even in this race. I think I think I, have, I think that if I was in that race, I wouldn't come in last. I can I tell you something? I don't think Seth would get to the end of it without, like, walking. Yeah, it might it might be like a the skills challenge situation where some guys yeah. are like not actually going for it. But if it, we have to assume that in a world where they go for it, I I think Seth is fourth and Danny's third. I think I think Seth would be faster than Danny. From John, Spike and CJ, I'm thinking about getting my first tattoo and would like to see if you would recommend somebody in the Philly area based on what I'm looking for. Since I love mountain biking and Sam Hinkie, I envision Sam Hinkie riding a mountain bike in the mountains with TTP hidden somewhere in the art. 
I would really love if the artist could replicate Sam's face similar to my Twitter profile picture. He has the um, are the same thing we use for the one parts courage, two parts patience. CJ, you have a recommend a tattoo recommendation. I know you have the same person did all your stuff on your leg, right? Yeah, now he lives in the the mountains of PA. So this is all this is all you. Did the person uh, okay. do your tattoo? Was it a seventy five year old woman? <laughs> no, no, it was a young fit man. Mm. <sighs> oh, nobody asked how fit he was, CJ. Speaking of which, uh, CJ, a, I don't think this place is going to end up being a, a full-on Ricky uh, partner. But, however, somebody reached out who owns a – hold on. I'm going to get the, uh, the name of the place – who owns a home store slash hair salon in <laughs> Philly reached out about maybe – being a, a sponsor of the Ricky, but offered to when your hair grows in to take care of your hair for you. What do yeah, you think? Sure. Uh, you maybe, maybe I'll look at some photos of their work before uh, do my due diligence and see what they're what they're working with. But uh, yeah, I can consider that for sure. Where is Lee? It's Lee. I'm, I'm looking for his uh, for his name. And I I'm just looking for the name of the place. I, I am getting to it. that point now where like the, the hair on the side of my head is getting a little longer now. So it's like, I got, I got to start thinking about it, but yeah, I, I think I should do some, some research into this, this potential client. And then, Oh, here we go. Hold on. There. Here we go. Hold on. I'll tell you in a second. The place is, it looked really cool. Um, this corner 16th and pine. So look it up. Okay. It's like has cute little home store and a salon. So this corner. Um, th there's only two people in Philly who have done my tattoos. I reckon they, they would both be able to handle this. Tim Pangburn at Art Machine um, Productions in Fishtown and Benji Harris, um, who is in Jenkintown. Um, what is the name of the place? I just uh, – Benji is at – he owns the place, Noble Heart in Jenkintown. Both great. If you want, uh, they could both do what you wanted. They Benji did my hands, and then uh, Tim did this this up house. They're both great. Um, this is from Tom. Love the pod. Need Spike to answer a question for me. Where the hell do people sitting courtside go at halftime, and why are they never back to their seats by the start of the third quarter? Many times they don't get back until the close the end of the quarter this happens all the time with ruben meek m knight and their friends not just the spurs game where spike and his friends went missing for almost an entire quarter it's the fucking craziest shit those the people that live that life live a different life than the rest of us somebody from the sixers came and got us she was like helped us the whole night she took us to this fucking lounge where we're the only people in the lounge it had pizza and pretzels and drinks and our own bar and all that shit, and then you just hang out there, and they take you back whenever you want to get back. That's what happens. And it's just too short to hang out in that place, the normal halftime. I, I would rather go and, and watch the rest of the game, but that's what they're doing. They're going to some crazy lounge. Um, final email. This comes from Peasant Ben. Peasant Ben here. Short-time listener and Liberty Ballers reader, two interrelated Eagles Sixers questions for the pod. First, now that the returns for the Wentz trade are solidified in such memorable fashion, is it possible that this Sixers season could be considered a vindictive triumph without a championship or a top 30 player if a comparable situation 
transpires with our guy. Second, so do you think there's a way, like obviously Carson Wentz melted down at the end of the regular season. And after he had COVID. After he had COVID. Well, everybody, you had COVID. Yeah, but he's I, not vaccinated. We all, we all had COVID. Um, I think it, he more melted down because he melted down. That would be my guess. That's who he sure. is. Um, do you think it's – what is the reaction here? Like, What is your reaction when, when and if – I think we all were like almost joyous when Wentz melted down in that game. Because first of all, it meant a better draft pick for the Eagles, yes. and second okay. of all, it was like ha 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 ha. You have them, we don't. Mm-hmm. What happens watching that happen to Ben somewhere else? Do you think? How would you feel watching it? Um, not well the same, for the Wentz right? thing. I think it's also. I think the, his decision to not get vaccinated and then get COVID and then play bad and so they lose is a is part of it with Wentz. Like part of what he was when he was here. Like he was. He didn't accept criticism. He wasn't like getting better. He wouldn't like there was, you know, his leadership ability in the locker room was questioned frequently and not getting a a safe life-saving vaccine and then getting COVID and then not leading your team to the playoffs when you had like a 99% chance of making it like against the worst team in the league is like that another, another notch in the leadership question, I would say. I I think what's his face doesn't have it either, by the way, that was the last report that he was not. Ben. Oh, I have no idea. I haven't heard anything about it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think it would have to come with the, like the, 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 the Wentz thing especially came with the fact that the Eagles had clinched. And so the, the fact that they traded him and made the playoffs and they didn't make the playoffs and we have their pick and we have the Dolphins pick and it's like three first round picks plus a playoff appearance is just really nice. So that feels good. So I think watching Ben fail in a similar way like say he did that you know Wentz failed in a way that he that he failed in philadelphia uh regularly towards the end um holding onto the ball too long you know not having not being incredibly accurate um taking sacks getting fumbling the ball all that stuff um seeing ben do the things that he would that he also failed to do here and his team fell. I think it would be it would be received the same way, but only if the Sixers were succeeding. I think if okay. if it wouldn't be as you wouldn't if the Sixers were stuck in whatever hell they continued to be stuck in, just in a different way, then maybe it would just be like, okay, yeah, we. I, I mean, some people would take joy out of it no matter what, but I think it would be the level of joy that we took out of Wentz failing to lead his team to the playoffs only if the Sixers are succeeding as the Eagles sort of surprise succeeded. Obviously the expectations for both teams are very different. Um, there are different stages of succeeding, but that'd be my guess. Uh, and Keith Pompey, as of December 12th, um, as of about a month ago, all but two 76ers were vaccinated. He said on the locked on Sixers podcast, one is a guy who's at the end of the bench who rarely plays. And the other one is Ben Simmons. So there you go. I, I think uh, there's something more sad I enjoyed watching Wentz fail, and as as negative as I've been on Simmons, though I would feel vindicated in some way, I would not. I don't think I'd enjoy him melting down like that. The way that he melted down against the Hawks was like uncomfortable. 
I, I don't sure. I, I don't know that I could enjoy watching any human who hasn't done anything specifically wrong to me. I don't know if I could enjoy watching anybody meltdown like for that, sure. Honestly. Yeah, it depends where he goes. It depends on a lot of things. I think a lot of people will just will just root against him entirely. Yeah. And that's as a fan well within your right. He's people it. do that. People do that to Jimmy. And that was less of a mm-hmm. situation. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I, he should get vaccinated. That'd be dumb if he's not. That would be just as dumb as Carson not getting vaccinated if he if he isn't. And whatever. Um, I think people. I think for a long time, depending on where he goes, how many times he comes to Philadelphia, I think it will be like an unending display of booze for him, regardless. Oh, yeah. Unless in, unless there's some world where I don't think he's gonna play for the Sixers this season. But if if the trade doesn't materialize this season. In this offseason, I mean. Oh, my God. And then we go into next season, into next media day, being like, what's going to happen? I don't know. I don't. Oh I really don't know. I, I don't think – I think if they hold him to the deadline, then he's still not going to play. But I think if they hold him the to full four season. years that Daryl's talking about, I, I I don't know. I might be dead by then. So who knows? But it's a, it's a lot to consider. I, do, I will say, like, as frustrating as this game was, this Hornets game, because it's all the – all the reasons that the Sixers are bad and slow and they had to, you know, their two-way players right now are, are markedly l- lower potential wise than they started the season with. But Charlie Brown is just like a guy that can play NBA athleticism, uh, athleticism basketball, even though I think Aaron Henry projects as a better player long-term probably possibly. I think he could be a better player long-term, um, but he's just like not as fast, not as, not as athletic. Like you, the fact that they needed that, that bad, goes to show you like man they're really struggling and they need this stuff um but i will say like we've already i've done this a bunch of times but like we've been through i'm not gonna say we've been through the hard part because it could get worse i'm not ruling out the possibility that all this gets worse with ben with the team with whatever but they've been through the most amount of time now like when we were saying they have to make the trade before the season in like august september we've already that's four or five months ago and so now there's there's less than a month until the trade deadline. So we're like we're th- we're we're like I wouldn't panic trade him like next week just because this game sucked. I think Dial's going to wait as long as possible for the deal to materialize. And when it doesn't, I do think that he should trade him before the deadline because I do think he can get the guy this offseason if he can't get it at the deadline. He should do something. But I will say like I'm I'm as frustrated as I am trying to be patient at least for another month and then all my patience goes out the window. <laughs> Man We've had, we've done some dark pods. The pod on February 10th when nobody gets traded is going to be a dark one. That'd be tough. Yeah. Should we start doing a... somebody's recommended this? Should we start should we start should I stop saying the the final line until the, the trade uh, happens? Oh, well, that only took a year last time, I think. Uh mm-hmm. I don't remember how long it took. Yeah, sure. It was a while. It felt like a while. Yeah, sure. Sure. So, for anyone who's who's hasn't been for at one point, Mike decided he wasn't saying the final line until Okafor got traded, yeah. and then he finally got traded. Everyone, everyone rejoiced as he said it again. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with you doing that. It feels like we're tempting fate. We're daring Daryl not to trade him at the deadline. Yeah, certainly, certainly true. Well, we'll but see what happens. We got to do right? something. If 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 this isn't, how are we active in some way? Yeah, and I, yeah. I will be active by refusing to say. A stupid line 
Okay, we'll like. see if you actually, we'll see if you have the guts to do it right here. We will be back with you this weekend. This game, I know we're all upset. It was, it was bound to happen. We're going to be okay. Totally I mean, bound to happen, but yeah. just illustrates their yeah. weaknesses once again. For sure. All right. Are you down with TTP? If you don't fuck with me, then I, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! That's a friend.